think that's one of the biggest things about arts education that um, we lose when we take it away, especially from kids, is the creative process, the creative thinking. We need that. Even if you don't end up being an actor or an artist or a filmmaker, even if you become a politician or you know, the CEO of a company, if you've learned to think outside the box, that will help you no matter what you do. Welcome back to Nothing Shines Like Dirt, empowering actors to create episode 16. I'm Leslie Shannon. And I'm Elise Sievert. Today we have actor and photographer Lauren Sowa. We talked to her about her series called Women in Film Portraits. Recognizing your accomplishments. And dating. Do we really need to say anything else? Forget. Yeah, thank God it was good. Yeah, good. oh, it was really good. Yeah, I still haven't seen it. Still haven't it. seen it. Oh, I know, it's so terrible. Good. No, it's not terrible. I think it's impossible to see all of the things, mm-hmm. all the movies. There's just so many. There are so mm-hmm. many. I have like a list right now. Mm-hmm. I still haven't seen Ghostbusters. I saw it, but I did buy tickets for my mom and sister on opening weekend to nice. contribute good. to. Yes, <laughs> good. I was good. like, I can't go, but who can go? My mom and sister can go, so <laughs> I got them tickets. And my sister loved it. She's eleven. She oh, loved it. Perfect. It's I know. Perfect for that I know. age group. Because yeah. that's one of the things that I was. I was reading a bunch of different articles on it, and uh, one of the things they were saying is it's so nice for young girls to mm-hmm. see women in that particular kind of light because it's not about them being sexy or the love interest or doing it for a man or anything like that. The mm-hmm. whole preface of it is them achieving a goal and something that they've been working toward their whole life and and they aren't belittled or made to show more boob or whatever. They like, don't have to be sexy while they're being smart and tough. Exactly. Right? And it's just so the the young generation of women, uh, of, of girls now that will grow into women, I feel like it's such a positive thing for them because they'll just view things differently. That And it's that sort of change in mindset that is going to help move us forward. Yes. Instead of, you know in the direction that a lot of other politicians are trying to take us right now. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Long, that would be way longer of a conversation. Um, it keeps slipping into our podcast. I know. <laughs> it's, because, it's because I'm trying to be really hopeful, but I'm also quite terrified. Yeah. So it's like a, you know. I know. I, I keep choosing hope. Keep choosing hope. Yeah, that's what I'm trying. And I try to ignore the, the noise. Mm. It is. It's hard. But yes, agreed. It's, it's the goal for sure. So how did you and Leslie connect? Because I forget We now. actually connected at a meetup for uh, women filmmakers. Awesome. Which was, I guess, about a month ago now. Two months ago. Two months. Wow. Time flies. Oh, wasn't it? Yeah. So two months Time ago. Time flies. It does. It does. Yeah. Um, and how long have you been a member of that? That was my first one. Oh, was it? Yeah. That was my first one, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. But I have uh, been seeking out, you know, I've been wanting to get more involved in the women in film movement for quite some time now. And so I've been seeking seeking out ways that I can participate and meet other women who are creating content. And when I found that one, which I actually found on Facebook. Oh, is that um, how you found mm -hmm, it? Oh, cool. And I was like, this is great. And I went to NYU. So, you know, the meeting was being held at NYU at Tisch. And I was like, this is awesome. I, I can, you know, I, that's my old stomping grounds. I'd love to go back. And and it was, it was really, I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, that was know. a really good meeting. The NYU mm-hmm. community, I feel like Lila, who we, well, we recorded last night, but mm-hmm. it'll be, it'll be premiered two weeks before this. She was an NYU mm-hmm. grad and mm-hmm. a lot of NYU people. Mm-hmm. It's great. Well, that's what you get when you're in New York. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess that's true. But I just love how active, you know, like, People yeah. are very active. That doesn't mm. doesn't always happen. I mean, it, obviously, it's a good school and a good program. But right. Yeah. Well, and I think too, it's uh, it's got a particular amount of prestige. There's a lot of people who we've had that have been through NYU. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think there's also something of when you, you know, it's not an inexpensive program. So mm-hmm. when you get through with it, you're like, I'm gonna make <laughs> shit happen. <laughs> make sure I stay yeah. with it. I mean, that is that is true for sure, but. I definitely know people that I graduated with who are not pursuing the arts anymore. You know, I think everyone finds their own path and even if they study theater, acting, or 
the arts in college. It might not necessarily be their end goal. And even if it isn't, I still think it's, it's quite important to have challenged your mind to think differently. You know, I think that's one of the biggest things about arts education that um, we lose when we take it away, especially from kids, is the creative process, the creative thinking. We need that. Even if you don't end up being an actor or an artist or a filmmaker, even if you become a politician or, you know, the CEO of a company, if you've learned to think outside the box, that will help you in no matter what you do. And so, yeah, it's it's sad to see people leave, but I get it. It's a tough business. And I think the lifestyle more than anything is what makes people Especially in the city. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't think LA is much easier because I think it's still pretty expensive out there and you have to have a car and, mm-hmm. you know, it takes everywhere to get there. But the way the city just, the rent just like raises yeah. eight per, like 8% every year. I'm like, well, people's salary, people who have steady jobs, like their salaries don't go up that much. It, so yeah, exactly. How do yeah. artists, you Definitely, know, who. Yeah aren't in the top tier of the, you know, of the entertainment industry or the theater world. How, mm-hmm. like, how do they survive in this city? It's, it's, it's a hustle. It's mm-hmm. just a big hustle. For sure. I mean, and I think what they're going to realize is, is going to start happening is that if they want to keep New York, the art mecca that it is, they're going to have to start providing better um, housing opportunities for artists or people yeah. are going to have to leave because they're not going to be able unless they're and that it, is that, happening a little bit you know yeah. de Blasio has had a lot of housing initiatives um he i think it's a sort of it's a big focus of his mm-hmm. um but it's tricky because oftentimes you don't meet the income requirements you might be like not poor enough and also not rich enough yeah. if, if you fall in that middle ground it's it's tricky to find a place that you could afford that isn't you know full market value right that is the tricky part Mm -hmm. I find that happens often that's often an issue I have run into Mm -hmm. um and when you get married it doesn't make it easier because then they um they lump in your both of your salaries together right Mm -hmm. um which, you know, has its positives, of course, <laughs> and then also the negative because, you know, certain things that you might have qualified for otherwise you won't anymore. Mm-hmm. So, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Hopefully, um, hopefully they'll start to realize the, the need for that type of change and make it a, a priority. Well, mm-hmm. and I think it even starts in the education system where it's making oh, yeah. arts education a priority and mm-hmm. making artists, making sure that we have artists for our society and our communities and yeah. knowing that there's an importance in that role. Yeah, you know? and not undervaluing the work that they do, you know, paying fairly for their trade. Uh, mm, yeah. <laughs> which is a whole other conversation. Yes, but <laughs> it's, it can be a very lengthy one as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so what, so you're an actor, that's what Mm -hmm. you, well, you were a dancer to begin with, correct? Yeah, I grew up dancing. Um, I started when I was two, (laughs) danced my whole life, uh, and also started acting when I was a kid. You know, I took some classes and then when I was about nine, I started doing shows in Pennsylvania. I grew up in Lancaster County, which is best known for the Amish, um, but it was a great place to grow up, and I had a lot of really fun, awesome opportunities there. Uh, so I started doing theater about seven, um, and theater and dance and singing and choir and all those sorts of things, they were all a part of my my childhood. And I was very fortunate that we had a really uh, flourishing arts program in my high school in particular. Although I will say that we were completely self-funded. Um, you know, we didn't get the, the money that the football team got. But we had a really wonderful woman who was my mentor and had probably the greatest influence on my life. And her name's Pat Cowder. And she lives in Lancaster still and teaches there. And she's a director and a choreographer. And uh, she kind of took me under her wing when I was young. And... Um, yeah, so I was there until college, and then I came to New York to go to NYU and kind of never looked back. I think New York ruins you for other cities. It's just, 
I think it does too. It's so great. Because I went to school and I actually studied dance in college. Um, I went to school in Indianapolis and then I thought I would move to Chicago after school and I would go up to auditions all the time because it was three hours away and I was like, mm-hmm. I love Chicago, I love Chicago. And then I came and interned in New York and I was like, nope, not. And, and <laughs> I still love Chicago, but there's something about New York and its energy that just like drove me here. And I agree, it kind yeah. of ruins others cities for you (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. my husband doesn't like that because he's from Denver and he wants he loves Denver and wants me to fall in love with Denver so you're like it's not that I don't love it I just don't love it as much much as New York Mm -hmm. but it's interesting because I think in order to stay in love with New York you have to leave every now and then yes very true too you know so the only way to have the true love affair yeah for sure you leave just long enough till you start to miss it and then you come back and Back not how life. everything is in life. No. <laughs> well, you take a little break yeah. from something and yeah. you realize how much you miss it. Exactly. That's funny. Do you still dance or? I do. Not as much as I used to, um, but I still do. It's my favorite form of exercise. I get bored doing, you know, running or going to the gym. It doesn't engage my mind in the same way. Um, but I think I found that what I really loved about dancing was the acting of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. That's how that's how yeah. I fell into acting, too. Mm-hmm. And so I, it was a natural transition. That's great. That's exactly how I felt. I was like, it's the storytelling aspect is what I, mm-hmm. what I always really loved. And when I started pursuing acting, I was like, oh, now I get why I'm doing what I'm doing. Exactly. So that's pretty cool. Exactly. Everything good, Les? Everything's great. Okay, I'm good. Just, you know... When when I'm my checking husband, the sound levels yeah, for us, I'm just making sure things are good. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah. So my my husband is from uh, Lebanon, Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not too far. So no, it is not. So I know of these places that you speak. <laughs> um, so I would love to hear about the. So you want to be involved with the women's film movement and you're mm-hmm. doing something really cool, and I want to hear all about that. Yeah. Well, a couple years ago, um, I looked at my resume. And I realized that I had almost entirely male directors on there. And I thought, hmm, I should work with more women. <laughs> um, and so I wanted to get more involved in this hashtag women in film movement. Uh, what an enlightened thing to like think. Like most people look at their resume and they're like, I don't have enough credits. I don't have, like, <laughs> I don't have this director or this pro. You like right. and you're like, oh need some women on my resume I love that well you know I think especially in the past couple years there's been it's been such a vocal movement you know um at the highest levels and of course obviously trickles down and so I thought okay how can I contribute to this movement like as an actor I don't really have um authority I'm not choosing who to hire or you know um who will be directing or who will be editing I'm not be I'm not able to make those decisions but I can choose the projects that I want to pursue. Um, I can choose that I'm going to work with female directors or female writers or stories that are, you know, about female empowerment, etc. And that year, four out of the six projects I did were helmed by women. And that was just simply because of a shift in focus, which I thought was really cool. So that's one way that I can contribute. And then the other way, I also do photography. And I thought I can use my skill as a photographer to help shine a light on the women in the industry as well. So I've been doing for, I guess, about eight months or so now, a photo project uh, focusing on women in the film industry, both in front of and behind the camera. And basically, um, I meet one-on-one with somebody, doesn't matter sort of where they are in the industry, Um, and we do an interview, we chat about life and what they do and sort of all, whatever comes to my mind as I'm chatting with them. Um, and then I take some portraits of them and then I pull uh, a quote from the interview and accompany a photo and post it online. Right now I'm on Facebook. There's a page for it called women in film portraits. And then it's also on Tumblr. Um, so that's been going on and it's been really great. Just really nice to sit down with all of these incredibly smart, driven, talented women and hear about their perspective on the industry um, and sort of where we overlap and what I what I have to learn from them and vice versa. And it's been really cool. So 
really, really cool. That yeah. it's, it's amazing too that like it started from you assessing your resume and then deciding to go through um, and talk to these people. Um, from all of the portraits that you've done, what is some what are some of the things that either surprised you mm. or uh, surprised you or just really spoke to you um, as far as some of the things you've learned from from women in film? Were they in front of or behind the camera? Um, right now, I've done a pretty good mix of both. Um, I've been doing, I think every actor that I've interviewed is also something else, like actor producer, actor writer, actor, etc. You know, um, so that's definitely speaking to where the industry is moving as well. And this obviously is very relevant to the <laughs> podcast, but, um, you know, everyone is encouraged to create their own work. And I'm definitely seeing that in action through the people that I'm meeting. I think something that surprised me and yet didn't surprise me was how many similarities I would hear in the different interviews, like especially for the hyphenates, as I call them, uh, like the <laughs> actor, writer, director, or the actor, writer, producer. Um, almost everyone felt confident calling themselves an actor, but very few felt confident calling themselves a writer. Mm. Yeah, and, I've come across that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, you know, I started to think about it and because I also am guilty of that you know I am in the process of writing a few things but what holds me back is this feeling of like who am I to say that I can do this you know there are people that go to school for this they go to grad school for this and here I am just thinking I can write something you know uh but what I said to them and then therefore have to take my own advice uh <laughs> was you're doing it you know you're creating the work you're writing the piece own it and I think my question is, as women, are we less likely to own it? Because I think men just do it, you know? Yeah. I mean, that reminds me of, um, I think it's uh, the Lean In author, Cheryl Sandberg. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I think that's her name. I think that's her name. Um, talks about how if men know 40% of something, they'll say they know how to do it. And women have to know like 80% of something. Mm. And it's that same idea where like, you may be doing it, but you haven't, you haven't, you don't have that degree behind it or you haven't put in the years and the hours and everything. Mm -hmm. But something I know we've talked about is that as an actor, how many scripts have you analyzed? How many scripts have you read? How many stories have you had to figure out and figure out the motivation mm -hmm. behind it? Mm -hmm. And for me, when I started writing as an actor, I feel like it helped me understand scripts better and under mm. understand that every word is important. Like if it is left on the page after 80, 100 rewrites, it is important and it's there for a reason and to mm -hmm. investigate that. Even names of characters. Like oh, when you're yeah. writing, people are very specific with names and occupations of people and it mm -hmm. gives you this whole, all these colors to play with as an actor. Mm. Um, and so I think there is, and I like I have I have a really good friend. He's getting his MFA in playwriting, and I just have the utmost respect for people who mm -hmm. are pursuing and and you know putting money and time towards it and becoming masters of the craft of writing too. But yeah. I also think that we all have stories, and maybe we don't write them as fluently or as. Um, What's the word? Just the clarity that someone that has been doing it for a long time. And might they know the to tools with which to, yeah. to work with. Yeah. yeah. But also, like, I don't know. What do you have to be at a certain level to call yourself a writer? Or can you, if you're doing it, just yeah. I'm a writer? I don't know. It's a really interesting conversation. I think that yeah. goes for anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some things like you can't just go around and say you're a doctor because you put a band-aid on somebody. <laughs> but, but I mean that's the beauty of art too right, right. like mm -hmm. anybody could pick up a camera and make a mm -hmm. story and be a filmmaker maybe it's not an Oscar award-winning film but it's still right. something creative that they've added to our world and it's their voice mm -hmm. and um and I think it's such a the arts and 
creating is something that is, it's not, it's not fully learned. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's a part of you. It's an expression of yourself. And so the best way that you can do it is by actually doing it. Mm -hmm. And so much of the time you going to school for something doesn't necessarily mean that you have a better grasp on it. I, you know, there are a lot of people who, especially with filmmaking, who I've found that we've spoken to and that I've talked to um, in other environments, and they seem to be, they're like, oh, well, I taught myself how to do this and this and this and this, and they're some of the best that people that I know at whatever they do. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I just think it's different. Again, you don't want your doctor learning how to do it, like, <laughs> On, on you, yeah. Well, <laughs> you're like, hmm, I don't really know I how to put a in YouTube these video yeah. <laughs> how to give stitches. It's a different thing, but I mean, that doesn't take away from the hours that and dedication that it still takes to oh. be a filmmaker, a writer, a storyteller. No, so, not at all. But yeah. I think as actors, too, um, was it Naomi that said we're like naturally suited to be writers because mm-hmm. we're so used mm-hmm. to looking at things from multiple people's perspectives. Mm-hmm. And so we're able to put ourselves in the skin of those different characters. I'd be really interested too if you were interviewing male fil- filmmakers and if it was the same thing, if, if people were mm-hmm. very confident in saying I'm an actor or a producer or director and a little more hesitant saying they're a writer. Mm-hmm. Or if it's a, fi- I don't know, that would be... Very social experiment on our hands here. (laughs) Yes, indeed. So what else are you working on right now um, with anything, either with your photography or with acting? Um, Well, I'm in the process of working on a feature film uh, as an actor. But it's a little more complicated than, you know, we're more than just actors in a way. Um, I've been working with this filmmaker for about five years, and her name is Christina Callas, and she's a Greek filmmaker. And she works a lot with structured improv. So, for example, we will meet for, you know, once a week for about a year before we actually shoot a project. I've done two other films with her, and we're working on a third right now. And um, the process is great. It's very actor-friendly, which I love. Uh, you know, she'll come in with ideas about the characters and she'll say, okay, uh, she'll set up a scene, right? So she'll say, okay, you are um, you are married to each other and uh, you are going to tell him that you're pregnant. And she'll tell me that, right? And then she'll tell the guy separately, um, you're here to break up. And then she'll say, go. And we do the scene. Obviously, each of us only knows what we know. And so there's an element of surprise which causes drama. And then um, she'll sort of learn from that, uh, go away, work on the screenplay, and then we'll meet the next week and she'll have new things she wants to try out with the characters. Um, And then eventually, at some point, we feel we're ready to tell the story and she's got most of a screenplay. Um, So that's how she writes her script. Yeah, and she does have a That is more than just being an actor. Yeah, that's a collaborative screenwriting experience. Exactly, yeah. And so, but what's also great is that, you know, I think as an actor coming from the theater and then transitioning into film and TV, what I missed so much was the element of rehearsal and that process of really sort of delving deep into the characters. And I found that on most film sets, I didn't get that experience. Um, But with this way of working... I feel such ownership over my character by the time we actually shoot that sometimes I have to say to her, you know, I don't agree. And then, you know, we talk about why. And I'm living through it in a different way than she is. And so that can be a really useful way to communicate with each other. Um, So we're in the process of working on the third. I think we'll probably shoot maybe in the spring at this point. Um, We were hoping to shoot in the summer, but things got pushed back a bit. So... It's exciting. Um, what a lovely way to work. Yeah. Yeah, it There's really is. There's a lot of um, filmmakers experimenting with improv mm-hmm. in film, mm-hmm. um, which I think is really, really interesting because just knowing how spontaneity on the camera just reads mm-hmm. so well and it's so alive and it, it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also interesting to to see how filmmakers are using improv but still finding structure within that improv because there still has to be a story and there still has to be... Exactly. Something has to happen to A and B. Yeah. And that's exactly how this is. You know, she does write the full screenplay by the time we shoot. And 
she'll show us scenes and say, this is, you know, this is what we're shooting, including the dialogue. And then as much of it as we feel comfortable using, we'll use the dialogue. And if we improv based off of that, that's okay too. Um, but we do have a, a starting place and an ending place for the scene. Um, unless something goes crazy and, <laughs> and then, you know, we work with that and, mm -hmm. and it's an exciting way to work. I think it must be a very frustrating editing experience. <laughs> oh, I'm sure <laughs> um, it's... Because no two scenes are really the same. The same, mm -hmm. yeah. But that's a unique challenge in and of itself. For Even the from like the wide to the, like the master to the close-ups that mm -hmm. can completely change, huh? Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. That, that, that's a situation where having two cameras is... Uh... Mm -hmm. Yes. And we, when we shot the first one, we had, we had a camera and then we had two sort of smaller side cameras that we're also following, which helped a lot. Um, because that can be, you can't recreate that stuff, you know? No. And if you try, it reads as false. So. Well, and certain parts of the scene need different shots to help mm -hmm. that feeling and storytelling come across. So mm -hmm. if you are in a close-up, but you missed an action that right. is detrimental like, to the scene, yeah. then it's not going to make any sense to the audience and vice versa. You know, if you need to come in for a close-up to really see the emotion that's behind it. Mm -hmm. Right. But you only have the wide shot, then, you know, yeah. It's very interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. That is something that you at least has been experimenting more and more and been doing a lot of editing herself. Mm. A lot of editing. Um, and I love it because it's um, being a choreographer, it's putting pictures together, which mm -hmm. is essentially choreography to me, is like making pictures on stage, but now it's making pictures on a screen. But... Um, it's very frustrating if you have, you want to put two pictures by each other and it just isn't working. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So, so and no you can drive yourself, film editing for you yet. Yeah, not yet. Mm. It, you can just drive yourself crazy because yeah. it's like, maybe if I take off one frame, okay, maybe, you know, it's just like trying to match them. So yeah, I can only imagine yeah. <laughs> the editing nightmare of improv. <laughs> but that's great. Oh what a God. what an interactive collaborative experience, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. must be so satisfying when you it shoot. Is. Oh yeah, for an actors. Is, yeah. I've done um, theater that way before. Mm. I've done collaborative theater in that in that mm. same um, way with a theater company called Secondhand Theater Company that mm. I helped to um, start. And so um, I know how satisfying it is on stage. I imagine mm -hmm. how wonderful it is on film as well. Yeah. Um, so. Are you, you have anything theater-wise going on right now? Um, I will be doing a play in the spring, but that's a bit of a ways off. So nothing yeah. nothing lined up till then. Till then. Mm -hmm. So you said you had... It's um, still a job, though. That, no, that is, it, is, it, <laughs> is, it is. It is a future job, which is even when, better. When people come up to you and like, so what are you going to be in? What are you doing? And you're like, I have nothing. What do I say to this person? <laughs> I know, I know. That's when having a podcast is really good. Yeah, Because you're like, well, true. I have a podcast or, that you or, can listen uh, to. Or female photography. Photo projects. Exactly. What was I going to say? I was going to say something about... Um, your photography, so you don't, did you do photography completely separately from acting? Like, was that a completely different study? And mm, when did mm -hmm. that come about? Yeah, I actually got into photography in high school. Um, I just randomly took an elective class on uh, film photography. And so learned to develop my own film and um, composition and all that kind of stuff. And I absolutely loved it. And I've done it ever since as a hobby. I never thought I would do it as a side career, but I got tired of doing all the other survival jobs. You know, I, I was a temp, I was a babysitter, I was a hostess, a server, check, a bartender, check, 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 check. Yeah. <laughs> I caterer. I mean, I did it all. You know, I did all the actor side jobs and I just felt like all of those jobs, I was living someone else's dream, you know? I was helping someone else achieve their dream. Um, and it felt a lot like wasted time to me. Like, oh, all That's these... That's a really interesting way to put it. All mm. these hours that I'm spending at the bar or spending, you know, um, serving food or catering, it, it's in service of an event. It, you know, there's, there's, a, there's an integrity in that. You know, you're helping people. But I, I always would find myself 
with like grabbing a scrap of paper and writing a to-do list of all the things I, I wish I could be doing at that moment. You know, oh, yeah. um, I could be using this time to find a new monologue or do some research on casting directors. And I just started to get really down about that. Um, and then randomly, uh, I had a couple of friends, you know, it was kind of a perfect storm. I had a couple of friends ask me to do headshots because they didn't have the money to pay for, you know, really nice ones. And I also had a friend ask me to shoot her wedding because they hadn't had a budget for a wedding photographer. And I did both those things. And I thought, you know, this is a skill. This is a marketable skill. I should maybe try to do this. And but the same sort of fear hit me of like, but there are already so many great photographers. Who am I to do this? You know, who am I to just say now I can be a photographer? Um, but I had been training and doing it my whole life, basically, you know. And so I made that jump a couple years ago, and now it's my full-time day job outside of, outside of acting and, and film-related pursuits. I do photography. And it's been such a gift because it's given me my time back. You know, now I can set my own schedule, and I can work it around any acting-related things I need to, and that has completely changed the course of my life and upped my happiness factor like a million percent. <laughs> because I'm the sort of person, I think a lot of artists are this way, that whatever I'm doing, I give myself to it. So even if I'm bartending or catering or babysitting, like I'm there 100%. And it's very hard when you care about a day job that you don't necessarily feel is treating you as well as you should be treated. I had some, you know, as a young woman who was a bartender, I, I had to deal with some pretty less than ideal clients, you know, and, yes. and, and those experiences affected me deeply. And I would come home and I would get really upset and I would think about how I was going to, you know, if, if I were in that situation again, what I would do to change it or what I would say or stand up for myself in a different way. And, and it's just like it was draining my energy and also the hours are crazy hard and not conducive to you know acting so i made that change and i'm so thankful that i did because it's been such a better quality of life since i got out of that industry and you know i know a lot of people still work in that industry i have a lot of friends who still work in that industry and some people love it and it's what's best for them it just wasn't what was best for me yeah. Well, and I think that's something to recognize too is what works for some people doesn't mean that it works for you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So how long have you been doing that? Um, I've been doing photography for about three years professionally. And in the last year, I'd say I have been able to wean myself off of other side jobs. That's so. amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. you. need new headshots. You can <laughs> yeah, that's right. Call Lauren. That's it's right. true. You can. Yeah, and that was, that was actually what I first started doing when I did photography was mostly headshots. And I, I found that I personally wasn't willing to spend $1,000 on headshots. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to market myself as a budget photographer because I know from doing it that it doesn't cost $1,000 uh, to provide someone with that service. Um, if you want to have a second home, yeah, maybe. Um, and that's obviously I'm not, anyone can make as much money as they want to. It's just that I know that I can provide that service at a decent rate for people who, especially actors who usually don't have a ton of money to spare. You know, if they're spending 500 to $1,000 on headshots, that's, a lot of money that's a significant investment and so you know it it's and i've had well i've hard. had friends who have spent the thousand dollars and mm -hmm. have been severely disappointed where mm -hmm. the photographer mm -hmm. hadn't spent enough time with them mm -hmm. rushed their session you know and it's yeah. like when you're paying when you're paying that much money you expect absolutely you know quality well the other thing too that i i have found is that a lot of specifically headshot photographers, um, they're so interested in their aesthetic and their look that it sort of is less about you as an actor and your individuality. Mm. It's more like, like if I know that if I look at a certain shot, I can be like, I know exactly who took that shot. And I'm sure you guys could too. Mm. You know, there are certain photographers that you know. Yeah. You know their look so specifically that you're thinking about that before you're thinking about the actor. And I think it's important to know the person in front of you or try to know them, you know, through the photo. So as an actor, something that I bring to it is that 
I have the knowledge of being on the other side. You know, I feel like I have had those good headshot experiences and the bad headshot experiences, <laughs> and I know what made them so. And so I do my best to try to get to know my clients as well as I can throughout their session and before their session so that I really can bring out their uniqueness, you know. Um, and also I don't keep to one aesthetic necessarily. Um, I shoot outside and in a studio in the winter. And I like to keep changing that look, you know, because I don't want anyone to look at my photo and be like, oh, that's a Lauren Soa photo. Because it's not about me, it's about the actor. And if that actor isn't getting into the room, then I haven't done my job, you know. That's so, amazing to hear. Because <laughs> <laughs> where you can tell that you're an actor f- mm. photographer mm-hmm. photographing other actors mm-hmm. because it's, yeah, you're right. Like that is something. And I've when you said that you can think about people's pictures and know who, it's funny, you're exactly right. <laughs> mm. So, I mean, so many people, I mm-hmm. feel like, because there's there's a few big names and you recognize right. you can see the lighting or see the street and you're like my friend has that picture and I know like <laughs> but it's like, tricky right because they is. start to feel the same they, they start do. to look the same they and do. and that's where it gets dangerous because you don't want to blend in you want to stand out exactly but you want to stand out in a good way and not necessarily you know in a bad way <laughs> I know um, a director that I worked with once told me that he got a a headshot submission of a girl who was completely naked, but facing with her back towards the camera. It was a full body shot. And uh, she was in a pose, sort of like a strong warrior pose, and she had a giant sword. And she was just holding the sword behind her back and looking at the camera. Now, that's a way of standing out in a bad way. <laughs> what do you mean? That sounds completely tasteful. I was like, I, I was like, please tell me you called that girl in because I just had to know. Uh, the story what would, behind that Yeah, headshot. what would possess someone to submit that? But he did not. That, that reason to get people curious. To, I suppose. That, that's yeah. probably, the, I, I mean, that would be my assumption for the intention behind sending something like that. Like mm-hmm. everyone's trying to find an angle to get noticed and that's a big angle to be like I'm how about I am naked with a sword <laughs> they're bound to call me in because I mean I kind of would because I would be like I want to meet this this person that thinks this is like <laughs> yeah I guess go big or go home right yeah it's gonna it, it might work for some I think for most it wouldn't yeah but you never know all mm-hmm. it takes is one person to like call it's you true in. I think that the for me, my own personal opinion on that whole matter of like standing out, if you are uniquely yourself and you let that part of yourself shine, you will therefore stand out. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, with photography, it takes assistance with that, with the photographer helping you to find that part of yourself. But I think if you are being you and you're not trying, you're being authentic mm-hmm. and not trying to be this version of yourself you think you need to be. That's definitely I think it's true. much more likely that you'll be able to capture that. Yeah. And there's nothing worse than sort of getting a glamour shot of yourself. And then <laughs> oh my gosh. that's not who you look like, right? Yeah. Every now and then a friend of mine will post a new headshot on Facebook. And I think that's a beautiful picture of you. But that does not look like you. You know, not that they're not beautiful, but it's just it's not your type. It's not what you naturally bring into the room. And so if they're calling in that girl or that guy and then you walk in with your different energy and your different look, they're going to be disappointed. You know, you want someone to call you in and be like, yes, that is exactly Exactly. the type that I was looking for. Um, Exactly. It's such a tricky, nuanced thing. And yeah, I think sometimes people, people get frustrated because of they get they feel the pressure they feel like oh I'm investing a lot of money into this and it's a lot of pressure well, and, and everybody I mean wants to be look the best version of themselves mm-hmm. too you of know course. like even if it doesn't look like you you want to look like the best version of you I always ask my husband that when I get new photos I'm like do they look like me and he's like what are you talking about it's you <laughs> I can't. I'm like no does this look like me like yeah. I, like everyday me coming in you know yeah. right he, it's he funny. just gets really confused <laughs> yeah no it's funny you say that because we um my fiance and I were getting our engagement photos taken yesterday 
and uh, it was miserably hot, and also it rained for like the two hours we oh were shooting. Oh my gosh! So yes. we were dodging, you know, trying to find places uh, to take cover. And I had had my hair done, but my hair does not really ever uh, do what I want it to do. It never really holds a curl very well, and and I I was sad because it was falling, and it was just sort of looking very sort of straight and boring in my opinion and, and my fiance was like yeah but you look more like you and I was like Aww. that's really sweet <laughs> <laughs> that's so sweet like, okay sweet. I mean it's hard because of course you want to look like you were saying like the best version of you and um but there's always a silver lining it's right. true yeah and that's at the end so of our sweet. shoot the the sun came out and then there was a double rainbow <gasps> Yeah. I was like, that's a good sign. That's a really good sign. It's a wonderful <laughs> sign. So have yeah. you ever thought about being behind the camera as in like moving pictures? Hmm. I have. I've thought about it more and more lately, actually. Um, I started, I'm starting the process of looking into programs that I might uh, take. It's a big investment of time and money, but it is definitely something I've been thinking about more and more, um, especially when I'm having an experience where I think, oh, I would do this so differently, you mm -hmm. know, and then my mind starts churning of all the different things I would do. And um, and I realized how much I do think in photographs. And that may be because of the work I've been doing. But as I walk around and I see things, I'm like, oh, that would be that'd be a great shot or that'd be a great location or um, and I do feel like I have stories to tell. I think for a long time I felt like, oh, well, who would want to hear my stories? Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm not all that exciting. Like, my <laughs> life hasn't been, you know, crazy dramatic in a lot of ways. So what do I have to share that hasn't already been shared? But of course, we are all unique and our stories and experiences are unique. And, um... So I have been writing a little bit, which is a scary venture, but exciting. Yeah. Tell us about your projects that you're working on. Well, I have um, two things that I'm writing. And then my fiance is also writing another idea that the two of us had. And one, I think, will most likely be a play. At least that's how I'm envisioning it at this point. Um, and it deals with... Uh, I'm really interested as an artist in sort of moral gray areas. Um, I think a lot of times in media, we sort of represent things in black and white, especially when it comes to women. Like you're either the good girl or you're the sexy vamp or you're the mom or you're like the rebellious teenage daughter. You know, like where's the nuance, you know? Um, and of course, that's a generalization. There is, there are a lot of projects that deal with nuance and those are the ones that are interesting to me. Um, so I've been working on this series of vignettes surrounding infidelity and why people choose that path, you know, because uh, I don't think it's black and white. I don't think it's, oh, you cheated, you're a terrible person. You know, all these things happen for a reason. And so exploring that, that's one project. Um, another thing I'm working on is, I think it will probably be a web series but it depends on how, I, I initially started working on it as a short film, um, but it has become longer than a short film. <laughs> so I think it will most likely be uh, well suited to a web series. And it is sort of a about a girl and her journey. It sounds very simple, but uh, her journey in New York as a young writer, um, and her venture into online dating and feeling like as a young woman, she shouldn't have to online date, especially in a city like New York where there are so many people. But uh, her day-to-day -day life, she doesn't meet a lot of people and so, or not a lot of new people. And um, so she tries this online dating thing as a challenge from her sister and you meet all the different guys that she's dating and ultimately it's a story of loving herself and realizing she's worthy of love. Um, not necessarily that she's meant to be with any one person, but that she's meant to have love in her life. And where she starts, she doesn't feel that way. So it's that journey. Yeah, that journey, which I think for a long time, I, I didn't want to tell that story because I felt like it has been told. But I thought, 
you know, I can put my voice on it and that's what it is. It's, I yeah. mean, there's re- really only a certain amount of stories, but it's mm-hmm. everyone's unique, authentic voice. Um, filter. Yes. Yeah. Um, I love Elizabeth Gilbert and she, mm-hmm. she says, you know, it's about auth- authentic voices and mm. not, you know, original, like mm-hmm. finding that original creative idea that nobody else has done. It's, it's, telling your story in, in an authentic way. And that's what will attract, mm. you know, an audience to that. So, and I loved your comment about like how a young, beautiful woman do, like, doesn't think that they need to online date because I have a lot of friends feel the same way. They're like, mm-hmm. I'm beautiful, talented, smart. Like, why am I not meeting people in my everyday life? And it, it's really interesting <laughs> this switch that has happened with like technology in the dating world. And mm. I kind of missed it cause I, I met my husband before it became like, okay, like socially acceptable to <laughs> date. Cause there's a stigma yeah. with it. Yeah. For a, for a while there time. was. Yeah. Um, I think it still exists to some degree, you know, uh, not out of anything founded, but just especially with young people, I think they see it as something that older people do or, people who live in less populous areas do uh, because they they have a hard time meeting people. And you think in New York, uh, you could run into the love of your life any day. But, you know, I never had very much success dating in New York. I find it's, it's a very career-focused city. And um, it's hard to find a life partner in that sort of fast, fast-paced, everybody's busy. Everybody's, you know, I, I actually read this article where uh, a girl tried all these different ways to find someone to date, including like sitting in a bookstore, sitting in a co- in a coffee shop. <laughs> um, they, she did online. She did all these different things. And she said when she was in the coffee shop, um, you know, she just tried to be as open as possible and make eye contact with people. And like everyone was on their phone and nobody really even approached her except to ask to take the chair from her table. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, when you see movies and things, people are always meeting in coffee shops or meeting at the bookstore and things like that. And I don't know, something about having that permanent distraction in the palm of your hand just kind of takes away those moments. And so it's harder and harder to meet someone. You know, the character in in my story just is really hung up on this idea of meeting somebody in a natural way, quote unquote, like meeting them in an organic way. Um, But sometimes you have to take charge and make that situation for yourself, you know? Yeah. Uh, So it's interesting. I think dating is is always a tricky thing. I love that there was an article about how you like dating somebody in your borough or your neighborhood has like a higher success rate, (laughs) (laughs) which I feel like I run into a lot talking to friends that are dating. Like, Oh, he lives in Queens. I live in Brooklyn. This isn't going to work out. (laughs) This is never going to work. It's never going to work out. Um, I can't get to it. Like you can't get to each other, which I'm glad to know that Brandon and I survived that statistic. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because I was in Queens and he was in Manhattan. So yeah. When I first started dodging the bullet there, (laughs) Uh, my fiance was in Brooklyn and I was in Harlem at the time which did kind of feel like a long distance thing it is and it was the best thing when we moved in together because you know you got to plan like okay where are we staying tonight like who's packing a bag and all that it gets exhausting after a while traveling back and forth it does and then you have days where you're just like you know what I just have to be at my place by myself today (laughs) I just need my day today because I can't go back and forth because I'm too tired yeah (laughs) yeah or I can't carry a heavy bag around all day with everything I need. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I already have like 700 other things I have to carry with me too. Yeah. <laughs> you have to do that anyway as an actor. You know, yeah, you've got you like do. change of clothing and your resumes and different shoes, shoes and mm-hmm. yeah. makeup. Oh. And, mm-hmm. yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It can be an endless mm-hmm. bag of heavy for sure. <laughs> On a, I've, I've, thought about many times of getting different like having like a different rolling suitcase and stuff but mm. I feel like that just gets more that like those are such a pain in the butt they yeah. are They're it's like there's the no way to do it but like, yeah like one strap purses like hurt your back and right mm-hmm. I, I just don't like carrying a backpack around I feel like somebody would I don't know why I have this fear of somebody like <laughs> opening it up and stealing all my stuff I'm sure I would notice <laughs> uh, yeah it's a crazy thing I don't know but yeah I'll carry my purse and it'll be wide open in the front of me like I, I'm so bizarre <laughs> Kevin's like close your purse I'm like oh do, 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 do. <laughs> guess I'm a little too comfortable in this city <laughs> Oh my goodness. 
Well, um, is there anything else that you want to tell us about that you have going on or that's come out recently? Um, that... Well, I, I, we just found out that uh, the first film that I worked on with Christina, which is called 42 Seconds of Happiness, uh, was accepted to two film festivals. Oh, congratulations. congratulations. Thank you. Yes, so the first one um, will be in Dallas in a couple of weeks. And then uh, the second one is here in New York. So <gasps> When is that? When is that? Um, that'll be mid-September. Nice. Oh, yes. awesome. Look out yes. for that. What was the film called again? It's called 42 Seconds of Happiness. Yeah. So you'll have to send us updates and we'll be able to share absolutely. with the community. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. To make sure that they... Oh, awesome! Yeah, we That's haven't so gotten we haven't gotten the exact uh, date yet that we'll be screening, but once I do, I'll let you know. Yeah, please yeah. do. So that's, that's really exciting. exciting. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that was one that you shot with Christina, which means that yeah. you did it in that the, mm-hmm. the yeah, way that you were Yeah, that was the earlier. the first one that we did, and um, we shot it over the course of a weekend in Jersey. And uh, you know, it's it's such a gift to be able to work with her and her method because. Not only as an actor do I feel completely prepared and invested in my character, but also we've been working with the same ensemble for about, you know, at this point going on five years. At the time that we were shooting that film, we'd been working together for at least a year or two. And there's such a difference between shooting a film with someone you know that well versus like meeting them on set and having to be their husband and wife or whatever, you know. Um, it's kind of, it's, you just have the trust. The trust is there. And then also the freedom to really go deep. And so I'm excited to see it on a big screen. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm so glad to hear that. Well, thank you so much thank for you. coming here and enjoying our converse or we enjoyed your conversation. Really, I'm very tired. I've had one of those days. I woke up, I woke up this morning and I was like, I'm so tired today. You know, I think it's the heat. It is the heat. So yeah. hot out yeah. right now in the city. Yeah. Yeah. End of July. Mm-hmm. And I know. And it's stinky too. Yeah. Everything gets stinky. Yeah. New York in the summer. <laughs> so where can yeah. people find you online? Uh, you can find me. Uh, my acting website is laurensoa.com. And my photography website is lsoaphotography.com. Awesome. So that's probably the best place. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, you know, I'm on all the social media, the social Twitter, media. Instagram. Yeah, your, your handles. My handles are pretty much at Lauren Soa. Great. Um, it's good for simple. you. Simple. Yeah, simple. Well, it's not a common name. Well, yeah. that helps. Yeah. yeah. That definitely helps. Yeah. And sure. the other Lauren Soas in the world, I am very aware of them. That's um, so funny. You're like the fifth person who said that from our podcast. They're like, really? the other person who has my name, I know them. We joke with each other all the time. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that's so cool. Well, I have really a cool. Google alert on my name. So if anything is posted, I get an email about it. So I know that there is a doctor in Chicago, I think, the Chicago area. Um, there is another actor who is actually two years below me at NYU who has my name. What? Um, but now she goes by her full name, including her middle name. Yeah, she's out in L.A., um, that's good you guys are in different places yeah so we're in different a little less different networks yeah <laughs> i think that's it really i'm sure there are a few others but those are the only ones i'm like really aware of right <laughs> yeah. that's awesome well thank you so much again and um you know everybody check out her her women in film photography i was looking at some yes. today it's really great it's oh awesome really thank you yeah. yeah all right thank you guys for listening Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.